Dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love scary old-time radio stories. There's nothing quite like a disembodied voice telling a genuinely disturbing tale. But do these stories stand the test of time, or are we being deceived by nostalgia? Are they suspenseful or forgettable? Bone-chilling or butt-numbing? That's what we're here to find out. Today, we continue our Listener Library series featuring suggestions from you, our mysterious listeners. Lori writes to us, I'm a fellow Twin Cities resident and love spooky old-time radio, so I was thrilled to discover your podcast. Keep up the good work. I have a few suggestions for episodes if you're interested in such a thing. First, The Thing and the Forbled Board by Quiet Please. I'm assuming you're saving this one for a big occasion, but if not, you should do it right away. You are correct, Lori. We're saving it. Second, Ghost Hunt by Suspense. Done it, Lori. And third, The Werewolf by Weird Circle. Okay, we'll do that one. The series was done out of New York on the Mutual Broadcasting System and later NBC's Red Network. It lasted two seasons, 39 shows each. It featured the writing of authors such as Edgar Allan Poe, Robert Louis Stevenson, and Charles Dickens. This story, The Werewolf, is an adaptation of a short story written in 1839 by Captain Frederick Marriott who was also a British Royal Navy officer and buddy of Charles Dickens. Marriott was known for short writings. In 1839, he wrote the novel The Phantom Ship, which contained The White Wolf of the Hearts Mountains, which we are about to hear, and which, spoiler alert, has the first female werewolf ever written. And now, The Werewolf from the Weird Circle, originally aired on May 7th, 1944. Forget the petty distractions around you. Forget what you think you know. Forget everything but what you hear right now. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Can the dead return to life? Listen to the weird circle. Circle Time at the Ogden's Playhouse. Tonight we are to hear a radio adaptation of the Frederick Marriott story, The Werewolf. There's an eerie and unusual atmosphere to this story which makes it a good choice for this Weird Circle series. It's a story that recommends itself for good listening. In its own field, Ogden's Fine Cut Tobacco is the recommended choice for good smoking when rolling your own cigarettes. There's no substitute for quality. That's why Ogden's wins consistent top preference. 
Ogden's is the choice of smokers who demand the best. Try a package. You'll find Ogden's easy to roll, delightful to smoke. Yes, easy to roll, delightful to smoke. And now our story, The Werewolf, by Frederick Marriott. by the time I got him to the hospital. It was brain fever. How's the boy? Poor little lad. He says they walked all the way from the Hartz Mountains. And he's only 11. He was starved. Ate his supper as if he'd never seen food. Oh, there's tragedy back of all this, good wife. When the boy stopped me on the road and asked for help, there was terror in his eyes. Quiet, boy, quiet. Nothing to fear. You are safe here by the sea. There are no wolves here. Just lie quietly, boy. I want to talk to you. Yes, sir. By what name are you called? Herman. Herman Clarence. Well, Herman, I'm afraid I have sad news for you. My... Father is dead? Yes. That is not sad news. I thank heaven. What? Why? Because. Because my father is free of the evil one and his curse. Now there's only me. But I must go. I must hurry. I must get far away from the forests and the mountains. Oh, lie back, child. Wait a bit. There are no mountains or forests here, only the calm sea. What do you fear, Herman? Let me sit beside you. Don't be afraid. You... You kissed me. Is that so strange? What? It is very strange. You're kind and good, and and yet you are a woman. Poor motherless little one. It might help you lose some of your fears, boy, if you told us something about yourself. You were born in the Hartz Mountains? No, my dear. We lived in Hungary on the state of a great noble. My father was steward. And what about your mother? She ran away from us when we were very small. My brother Caesar said it was because of her that my father killed his noble lord. Oh, I see. Now go on with your tale. Uh, father took all the money we owned and put us in the sleigh. We drove fast and far until we were out of Hungary. Then he bought a cottage among the tall firs... Deep in the Hartz Mountains. And there we grew up. Your brother and you. And our little sister, Marcella. We loved her very much. 
Weren't you very lonely? The winters were long and dark. Father went hunting every day, but shut us indoors for safety from the wolves. He also forbade us to light the fire, so we used to creep under heaps of bear skins to keep warm. We'd talk of that happy time when when the snow would melt, the leaves burst out, the birds sing again, and we could go outdoors and play in our garden. Mm, A sad life for children. No, not sad. We were happy with each other, we three. Until... Yes, Herman, until... The howl of wolf. Father had come from his hunting and had kindled a fire. And we were sitting around it when suddenly a wolf howled close under the window. My father seized his gun, looked to the priming, and ran out, shutting the door behind him. We waited hours. And it was nearly midnight when my brother Caesar went to the door. I've heard no report of a gun. Father must have chased the wolf a long way. Or else... Oh, no. Father's all right, Marcella. I will look out and see if he's coming. Take care, Caesar. The wolves may be close and we cannot kill them. I'll be careful. Hmm. I see nothing but moonlight and snow. Come in, Caesar. Father will come when he can. I'm hungry. We've had no supper, but we'll be punished if we do not wait. Father will be glad to have food ready. Let's cook it for him and for ourselves. Very well. I'll get down some venison. But, Marcella, can you dress it? Surely. Haven't I often helped Father? Get the iron pot, Herman. There. I've cut off lots of slices. Now, put the fat in the pot. Oh, be careful of the fire, little sister. Look out the window, Herman. Someone's coming. It's Father. And there's a man with him leading a horse. Yes, and there's a lady in the saddle. See how the moon shines on her white face and that lovely flaxen hair. I'm frightened. Why, Sister Darling? She's beautiful. Hola! Hola! Caesar, open the door! We have guests! Enter, good sir. I have little to offer, but you and your daughter are welcome. Friend Hunter, it was good fortune for us that you were out so late. We had ridden far in fear of our lives. And we would have died of cold and hunger in those mountains had you not heard our horn and saved us. Come, mistress. Seat yourself by the fire. The warmth is pleasant. And the smell of food is pleasanter still. You have young cooks here, mine herr. (laughs) Yes, these are my children. Caesar, Herman, and Marcella. Welcome, sir. We have supper already, Father. Before I eat, I must put up my horse. Oh, I will take care of him. Let me go with you. You needn't trouble. But if you like, come along. I have a shed outside. What fine boys you are. Come close to me. Mmm, good strong arm. Sturdy shoulder. Why do you tremble, lad? You are so white and shining. There's no reason to fear me. You're a stranger. I'm not strange. We shall be friends, hmm? But where's the little girl? She's afraid. I think she has hidden herself in bed. Gone to bed without any supper? <laughs> She must have been a bad little girl. She's not bad, lady. No, she's good. (laughs) You say you were lured away by a large white wolf which howled at this very window? Yes, I saw it about 30 yards off. The animal retreated slowly and I followed. I didn't like to fire until I was sure that my shot would take effect. A white wolf? Of course you were anxious to shoot such a very rare animal. The wolf would leave me far behind, then stop and snarl defiance at me. Then start off at speed again as I neared it. 
It led me further and further up the mountain to an open space in the forest. There it stopped and growled. I raised my gun to shoot when suddenly the wolf disappeared. Disappeared? How strange. I thought the moonlight on the snow was playing me some trick. But no, she was gone. That's when I heard your horn. The creature passed us just as we came out of the woods into that glade. I nearly shot it myself. But since she led you to our rescue, I'm glad I let the wolf escape. Father, that open glade is the home of the evil ones. Evil ones? What does the boy mean? Oh, superstition has it that strange and wicked beings haunt these mountains. Oh, I must hear more of these legends. Evil spirits interest me. I confess I was glad to see that you were mortal. <laughs> yeah. My daughter, Christine, and I are just creatures of flesh and blood. <laughs> yes, I assure you, I'm only a woman with very human appetites. And right now, I, I have a great desire for sleep. My father made room for all of us, and we crept into our beds. But we couldn't sleep. Father and the strange hunter sat up all night before the fire, drinking and talking. Our ears were ready to catch the slightest whisper. You say you come from Hungary? Even so, mine herr. I served a noble house, but my master was cruel. It ended in my giving him a few inches of my hunting life. So we fled for our lives. Well, we are countrymen then and brothers in misfortune. I too have fled for my life. Your name, man? Krantz. Krantz. I, I have heard your story. I am your kinsman, Wilfred of Bonsdorf. Well, a toast then to welcome you, cousin. You and your daughter must stay here as long as you choose. So the huntsman and his daughter, Christine, stayed on in the cottage. The two men hunted each day, and Christine stayed with us and did the household duties. Father was becoming very attentive to Christine... They would often sit up at night talking in low tones before the fire. Then, several weeks later, we learned that Father had asked Christine in marriage. You may take my child, Krantz, and my blessing with her. I will duly value her. But uh, there is no priest in this wild country. Well, there must be some ceremony between you to satisfy your father. Will you? Will you both consent that I marry you after my own fashion? I will. I will. Then take her by the hand and swear. I swear. By all the spirits of the heart's mountain. Nay. Nay, why not by heaven? Because it is not my humor. Surely you will not thwart me. Yes, but why swear by that in which I do not believe? Father, no, please don't marry her. Be still, Marcella. This is scarcely any affair of yours, child. Well, will you be married or shall I take my daughter away with me? Proceed. Here is the oath writ out on this parchment. Read it. And swear. By all the spirits of the heart's mountains, I take Christine for my wedded wife. I will ever cherish and love her. My hand shall never be raised to harm her. And if I fail in this my vow, may all the vengeance of the spirits fall upon me and upon my children. May they perish by the vulture or by the beasts of the forest. Why... Why, this is horrible. I... I can't... Swear. Swear. Oh, all this I... I swear. <laughs> Father! Father! Strange behavior from your children, my husband, on our wedding night. Stop crying, Marcella. 
I'm sorry, Christine. Never mind, my dear husband. I'm not angry. But from now on, the children are my concern. They shall obey me. And I shall love the little darlings. The legend of the werewolf is one that has lived a long time in the pages of classical folklore. Many of you are familiar with the legend, and no doubt many of you have a preconceived idea of what comprises the climax to tonight's Weird Circle story. Roll your own cigarette smokers everywhere know that there isn't any legend to the story of smoking satisfaction when your choice of tobacco is Ogden's Fine Cut, and you know what to expect every time you light a cigarette roll with Ogden's. You're certain there can be only one result. Complete smoking enjoyment. There's a smooth goodness to Ogden's, a distinctive taste and uniform quality that makes Ogden's, O-G-D-E-N apostrophe S, Ogden's fine-cut tobacco, the leading choice of people everywhere, discerning roll-your-own cigarette smokers who insist on the very best. Try Ogden's and you're sure of top-flight smoking satisfaction. You'll agree that Ogden's is easy to roll, delightful to smoke. Yes, Easy to roll, delightful to smoke. And now back to our story. Krantz, a fugitive from Hungarian cruelty, had fled with his small children, Caesar, Herman, and Marcella, to a rude hut deep in the Hartz Mountains. One winter night, while pursuing a white wolf, Krantz is hailed by a stranger and his beautiful daughter, Christine, who were lost in the mountains. He invites them to his humble home, and being glad for the good company he thinks they will be, he begs them to stay on as his guests for as long as they choose. In the days that follow, Krantz falls in love with the beautiful Christine, and though his little daughter cries out in fearful premonition of things to come, he marries her in a strange pagan ceremony. the hunter mounted his horse and rode away. Things went on much as before the marriage, except that Christine showed us no kindness now. She often struck us and took special pleasure in ill-treating Marcella. One night, my little sister shook us as we slept. Wake up, brother. Wake up, honey. What's the matter, Marcella? She's gone out. Gone out? Yes, in her night clothes. I saw her get out of bed. Then she looked at father to make sure he still was asleep. Then she went out the door. A wolf. She'll be torn to pieces. Oh, no. Much as I hate her, that would be too horrible. Well, what can have made her go out all undressed in the deep snow? She's strange. She's dreadful. Her eyes flash fire when they look at me. Her teeth are like an animal. She certainly eats queerly. Have you noticed she doesn't like to sit at the table? While getting supper, I've seen her tear at a piece of meat that wasn't even cooked. She's in her white nightdress. Washing her face and hands in the water pail. Father hasn't even waked up. Shh. She's going back to bed. We might as well go to sleep now. But we'll watch again tomorrow night. The next night and every night, 
Our stepmother rose from bed and left the cottage. And every night the wolf howled under our windows. And always on her return, Christine washed herself, then crept back to bed, and always my father slept soundly. Well, the time came when my brother could stand it no longer. Easter, why have you come to bed all fully dressed? I'm going to find out about these midnight walks. You'll tell father? Not until I know where she goes and what she does. Caesar, you don't mean that you... Yes, tonight I'm going to follow her. No, Caesar, please don't. Please don't, I'm afraid. I know you're brave, but I wish you wouldn't go, brother. I'm going now. There's no use talking. She's getting up now. Quiet, you two. There she goes to the door. Careful, Caesar. Be careful. Stupid father's gun. Oh, I'm so frightened. So am I. I'm shaking all over. I wonder how long we'll have to wait. A shot. Father will surely wake now and find out about her. No. Listen. He's still asleep. Someone's coming. Oh, I hope. Uh, it's not Caesar. It's Christine. Look at her. Marcella, her dress is all covered with blood. Now, what's she doing? Mm. Huh? Who's there? Lie still, dearest. It's only me. Oh. I'm just relighting the fire to warm some water. Hurry back, Christine Vine. You should be asleep at this time of night. Our stepmother changed her linen and burned the garments. Her leg was bleeding. She bandaged it and sat before the fire. But where was Caesar? And how did Christine get the wound and rest from his gun? Oh, trembling in our bed, we waited. Waited till dawn. Father awoke. Father! Well, what is it, Herman? Father, where is my brother Caesar? But what do you mean, son? Oh, he went out in the night. Marcella and I waited for him. He's not come back. Merciful heaven! I was restless last night and thought I heard someone lift the latch. Dear me, husband, what has become of your gun? My gun? But, great heaven, it's gone. Caesar took it. Herman, get me the broad axe. I'm going to find Caesar. Oh, why did Caesar go out? What is happening to her? She killed. <laughs> your whimpering will not help. Here comes your father now. of my oldest son. <laughs> Quiet, children. <laughs> Husband, your boy must have taken the gun to shoot a wolf. The animal must have been too powerful for him. Poor boy. At that terrible moment, I wanted to tell Father all we knew, but Marcella held my arm and looked so imploringly at me that I kept silent. She and I were sure that Christine had some connection with our brother's death. Father dug a grave and piled stones on it, and 
for days. He, he just sat and stared at the fire, mourning for Caesar. Our stepmother's wanderings continued. One day, Father again took down his gun to go hunting, but soon returned. Would you believe it, Christine? The wolves, addition to the whole breed, have dug up the body of my poor boy, and there's nothing left of him but bones. Indeed. Then you must build a new grave. Father, a wolf howls under our window every night. Why didn't you tell me? Wake me the next time you hear it. I'll get that wolf. Have you not yet learned that it is safest to leave wolves alone? Why, Christine, your eyes are wild and, and you're almost snarling at me. But I'm so afraid for you, dear husband. We never heard the wolf howl under our window again. Oh, and when at last spring came, and I helped my father with our small farm, Marcella was always with us, for we couldn't bear to have her out of our sight. Our stepmother stopped going out on her nightly rambles. One day, she came out to us and said she was going to collect some herbs father wanted, and that Marcella must go to the cottage to watch the dinner. Well, Marcella obeyed, and we saw my stepmother disappear into the forest in the opposite direction, so felt no danger for my little sister. But about an hour later... Marcella! She's by herself! Run, Herman, run! Uh, Good heaven. Look, the white wolf! Breaking out of our cottage! Kill us, Father! I have no gun! We're too late. It's gone. Oh. Oh, my little Marcella. The wolf has hurt her terribly. She's bleeding, Father. She's dying. Marcella. Marcella, my darling. Speak to me. The white wolf. What's wrong? Oh, how horrible. Poor child. Oh, it must have been that great white wolf which passed me just now and frightened me so. She's quite dead. Oh, my poor husband. How horrible. How horrible. We dug a grave for my darling little sister and did everything we could to protect it against wolves. Well, I was alone now. So, so awfully alone. But no longer afraid of my stepmother. My heart was full of hate and revenge. That very night, I saw Christine get up and go out of the cottage. I dressed quickly and half opened the door. The moon was very bright and I could see Marcella's grave. I saw something else. Something so horrible that I turned cold in my heart and ran to wake my father. Father! Father, get up and dress. Hurry. Uh, what? The wolves again? I'll be right there. Get my gun. I, I have it, Father. Come. Herman, stop. Who is that crouching on Marcella's grave? Uh, Christine. Yes. In her white nightdress. She's digging with her hands. She's throwing the stones behind her. Her, her face is as cruel as a wild beast. Oh, oh, she's destroying Marcella's grave. Your gunfather, shoot. Yes, my son, yes. Pray that my hand holds steady. <coughs> Heaven forgive me. I have killed my beautiful Christine. No. Father, the body on Marcella's grave. 
body you've killed is... Is that my stepmother? It's not Christine. No. No, it's the white wolf. The white wolf which lured me into the forest. The white wolf that killed my children. Oh, I... I see it all now. My oath. My oath to the spirits of the heart's mountain. spirits of the heart's mountain. I take Christine for my wedded wife. I will ever cherish and love her. My hand shall never be raised to harm her. And if I fail in this, my vow, may all the vengeance of the spirits fall upon me and upon my children. May they perish by the vulture or by the beasts of the forest. <laughs> Poor fool, mortal, who had a werewolf. <laughs> Your beautiful Christine, a werewolf. A werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> stop, demon, stop. I shall go mad. <laughs> Come, my son, my little Herman. You at least may escape this awful curse. We must flee for our lives, away from these evil forests, to the sea. There you'll be safe, my son. There you will be safe. From the time-worn pages of the past, we have brought you... The werewolf. Bellkeeper. Hold the bell. There will be another Weird Circle presentation at the Ogden's Playhouse next week at this same time. This is your invitation to join our story circle for a half hour of unusual radio entertainment. Meanwhile, remember the name Ogden's when in need of a cigarette tobacco. It's a name you won't forget after trying a cigarette roll with this choice tobacco. Men who know a quality smoke prefer Ogden's. You, too, will prefer Ogden's after tasting its unequaled goodness. You'll find Ogden's easy to roll, delightful to smoke. Yes, easy to roll delightful to smoke. Next week at this time, another Weird Circle story, The Old Nurse's Tale, by Elizabeth Gaskell. Be sure to listen. If you smoke a pipe, try Ogden's Cut Plug. It's a rich, smooth pipe tobacco.
That was The Weird Circle and the episode The Werewolf here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. That was a listener request as we continue this summer pounding out requests <laughs> from our listeners. Uh, and thank you so much, Lori, for that. Lori had also suggested the um, the mm-hmm. thing on the forble board. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we alluded to, oh, we got that coming. It's a special one. It will be coming up in just a few weeks. It's going to yes. be our 50th yes. episode. Did I uh, blow something? Should I? Is that a big secret? No. No. No, it's, no, it's just now it's hard to talk about the werewolf. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is good, Lori. It is good. So let's talk about the werewolf. <laughs> On the contrary, I quite liked this. Yeah, I, I, there are things that I really like. There are things that are weird. Yeah, well, I was delighted by the start. We're going to start with this traumatized kid. Yeah, and we're already on different paths. Ah, <laughs> yeah. all right. What bothered you about the traumatized kid? <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's wrong with it. There's no reason for this setup of his kid being discovered in the woods by this couple and blah 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 and then he tells a story jump into the story and i'll tell you why because at the end they ran out of time to give us a decent ending then we got 73 minutes of organ music so it turns out (laughs) that they had plenty of time to write a decent ending to this thing instead of you know and then that happened good night I don't think it's fair to blame the opening for the shortcomings of the end. If they would gone back to the framing structure, I would have been yeah. fine. If I think that's a back fault to of the, the kid, end. I think the beginning is a great hook. As long as you go back to it. An orphan kid who finds out his dad's dead and then goes, oh, thank heavens. I'm yeah. like, what story are we telling here? <laughs> right. That's okay. a great hook. I will agree with that. It's a very abrupt ending. It really, really seems like we should revisit and find out, did the curse keep going on the little boy? Yes. Was he free of it by being with the loving family who he was so surprised at in the beginning? But you're a woman. You're a woman and you're kind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that by the middle of that I went, oh, now I understand why the kids, because if that was just a 1940 thing. (laughs) It was clearly a setup, but then you go, oh, right, he's used to his mom right. digging up the corpses of his <laughs> siblings and eating them right. still hard to hear at the beginning but you're a woman um tim the opening gotcha you were like yes. this is cool just as the twist of the protagonist for our world story is this small child the way they present him is such a great hook to me of yes my mom disappeared and that's why my father killed the noble which i thought was a really nice way to just sort of Tell a little story mm-hmm. without telling a story. Right. And so we were living in the forest. We couldn't have fires, so we hid under blankets. But I didn't mind, because I'm a little kid, and I'm happy where I am. And it really hooked me into sympathizing with this kid, because he was having a terrible childhood, but he was still trying as hard as he could to be happy. His mom just siblings. left. There's no explanation. Disappeared. Well, there, there is intimation. Oh, That's what's yeah. so great. It's totally from a child's point of view where you understand the big events, but you can't quite connect the dots. The suggestion to me is she was obviously involved with the noble yeah. who her father killed? then killed. To me, it was pretty explicit because then he meets the huntsman and there's that weird exchange where it's like, I killed a nobleman too. High five. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, nobleman, kinsmen, killing I didn't, brothers. I didn't catch any of that. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, it's, and it's partly because he was hunting wolves. The kid just like, well, this thing happened. Yeah, and he, he glosses he, over it really quick, which again I like because it's from this child perspective, and then it immediately depicts this coziness inside this cabin. The other scene, kind of like it that I love, is that like maybe it's thirty seconds of them starting to cook dinner, and they're the kids oh, yeah. talking to each oh, other. That wasn't and it has dinner, this by the really... way. That was just a hunk of venison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still sounds really good to me. <laughs> um, just had this really homey, quaint fairy tale quality before the evil she wolf descends upon them. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the weird circle for a minute. The opening of the weird circle. <laughs> what, 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 I feel like so they can say weird more often. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this straight. So we're in a, we're in a cave. The weird cave, and there's a weird. There's a weird gong and that calls a weird, the weird people, and, and they weird tell story. forth the classic tale. Are these Amish? Is that what is happening? <laughs> what? Where are we, and why? I don't know that Amish circles are that weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, I've never been, so I can't say. Well, yeah, you. Part of this is that weird clearly had a stronger creepy otherworldly connotation earlier in the 20th century. Not like Kelly the Brock weird. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) And I'm not sure when it switched from describing something menacing to being the name of Weird Al Yankovic, right? (laughs) You know, because that's what we think of as weird, is goofy and silly now, right? We we don't think something scary is weird. And clearly the way, like, the Hermit's Cave presents it, too, it's like weird means, like, this is going to kind of freak you out. Right, not I'm uncomfortable next to you on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a fun radio series. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable next to you on the bus. <laughs> and here's your host, the hermit. <laughs> well, I'm... This is my stop! <laughs> and murders, too. <laughs> we veered off the topic. No. Um, I'm really glad we found a cure for brain fever. <laughs> And I've heard brain fever so many times in old literature and especially in adaptations on old radio shows that I went, wait a minute, what is brain fever? Is it an, and it is a generic term. A catch-all, yeah. It could yeah. mean a lot of things. But what it primarily means is that someone is so emotionally distraught it actually kills them. Yeah, or that's what Victorian-era doctors ascribed to their death. things that we yeah. know what they are yeah. now, but in general, it was a very general term for... Like decapitation. They'd be like, brain <laughs> fever. <laughs> <laughs> but we cured it, so it's all good. I will say, for as much as I'm heaping praise on this, the actual plot is a little clunky. Like, it's not a big mystery what's going on here. You're right. We never really are left going, what? I wonder what's going to happen. We are pretty much saying the whole time, turn into a wolf, turn into a wolf, turn into a wolf, and turn into a wolf. And we have to wait this entire time for her to turn into a wolf while we listen to a kid talk like Judy Garland. Oh, the, the, <laughs> Here, I've got some lines for you. She's washing her face in the water. She is wearing a white dress. Yes, that, that was... Meet me in St. Louis. <laughs> the way they talk... And how it's written, I called it in my notes, fairy tale talk. And I don't know how else to describe it, but she is now doing this. Well, thank you, Father. I will now go over here and do this. Weird Circle never had a narrator. It never had anybody to take care of that business, and they never really mastered Well, there's other ways to have no narrator to describe things. But I would say that it's consistent, intentional, stylistically. I can understand it not being someone's taste. It isn't my taste in old-time radio, but I would say it's consistent with definitely with all of Weird Circle. 
um, the other weird circle we've listened to had that same quality of this sort of um, telling a tale and this formality of the way it's told. Yeah. I just accepted it and rolled with it. But have you ever seen Mystery Science Theater when they do the old Norwegian or Swedish movies <laughs> about about like like the Adventure of Quiet Thor or right stuff, yeah, stuff like that or Mister Frost or whatever I don't know what the names were but they all talk like that in the movies when they're overdubbed mm-hmm. that it yeah. sounds like an overdubbed movie the way they're talking for me there's a level of of otherworldliness that helps the fantasy elements sometimes when it's presented this way to me. And I think I would be more turned off of by it if it didn't at times get so visceral. This is this is a thing that ends with the family seeing their stepmother covered in blood, digging up the bodies presumably to eat, you know, because all they found were bones later of their family members. And so I think it is like a Grimm's fairy tale. It's not a sanitized version of this. It's really They're, pretty dark by the end. And it's not as dark as the original. Just so you know, this Ooh. was written by a guy named Captain Frederick Marriott that we talked about at the beginning, <clears throat> who was a naval captain and a writer, a friend of Dickens, whatever. And he wrote a lot of short uh, stories. And uh, he wrote a big novel called The Phantom Ship, which is all about these ghostly seafaring tales. And for some reason, this is in the book. So this is just part of that book, The Phantom Ship, that survived and gets uh, retold a lot. Uh, but H.P. Lovecraft was a huge fan of Marriott and talks about him a lot. It turns out that the White Wolf of Hearts Mountain, the original... This is extremely toned down. Hmm. Um, uh, that's uh, if you read the original, it's much more gruesome and much more terrifying and much more descriptive. <laughs> and you can see the Lovecraft element, like when the father is forcing him to take this sort of like pagan wedding ritual that promises the lives of his children and family. Should he you ever, know, yeah, ever say raise a, a hand? <laughs> that wedding was so fascinating to me. On the one hand, it is so obvious to a listener of like, oh, do not marry this weird woman you just found in the forest. But also, because they so well established for me this family that I care about what happens to these kids, and this dad who has to go out every day and hunt to feed his family, but uh, ends up that his kids are largely raising themselves, you really Mm -hmm. feel for like, I would love to have... Another person helping you raise these children. Yeah. And it probably helps that Caesar described that this she-wolf is ridiculously beautiful. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think, Tim, the wedding, uh, by the way, also has that moment of, you just said the whole thing, but it's not good until you say, this I swear. You just read what this said, and he says, now you just say, I swear it, and we're good. It's at this point you should say, well, hold on. <laughs> well, he does. Maybe it's interesting because at first he balks and then yeah. he caves. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was he, – he did it out of right, being yeah. oblivious. He caves mm-hmm. when the threat is like do it or we walk. Yeah. Uh, in general, I, I, I wish they would have gone back to the framing device uh, at the beginning and, and found out what happened to the kid. I think that the language sounding like dubbed into English Norwegian movie <laughs> – it was difficult uh, to get through at times and, and a little weird. But I think overall, I think the story's pretty good. I think it's it, it got some terrifying, suspenseful moments. But I, I would like to see the werewolf or hear the werewolf part two where, you know, the kid's on the run. <laughs> <laughs> there is a fairy tale quality to this, which is both good and bad. Good in its very evocative of a, of a certain mood. 
bad in that it's sometimes the plot itself doesn't feel to be very high stakes. Well, not high stakes, because it's your know, life or death for kids. Ah, <laughs> high stakes. Um, Boring. <laughs> <laughs> but the twists and turns aren't very twisty and turny. That being said, this particular story and this particular production has a lot of really interesting, nice flourishes and touches, which really elevate it for me. So I would not say it's a classic, um, but it's fascinating to me, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, not a classic for me, although I see this often um, listed as one of the best of the Weird Circle. And um, from the few Weird Circles I've listened to, I would definitely say this is the best one of that program that I've heard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fairy tale quality uh, is not my favorite no. in old time radio, but that's a taste thing over a failure on the part of the program. I think the only failure on the part of this program is that awkward ending. Uh, because I think even more so in a fairy tale type of story, it's the, and they all live happily ever after. I mean, the epilogue is kind of critical to this type of storytelling. <laughs> right. um, and so that's where it failed for me but again there's such nice moments particularly when we're seeing things from a child perspective and it's the children who watch the mother go out and mm-hmm. yeah. kill their <laughs> yeah. siblings yeah. one by one and so that stuff is very effective i will say that what i like best about it is that's potential i would love a shot at this script <laughs> the time is ripe yeah <laughs> I, I, the I, world is waiting, Eric. I'm going to do it. I'm adapting this. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And thanks again to our listener for uh, Lori, right? Yes. Thank you, Lori. For your suggestion. And again, Lori, yes, we're getting to the thing on the affordable board. One of your other suggestions. Everybody hang tight. We'll get there. Uh, if you want to learn more, please go to ghoulishdelights.com. You'll find other episodes of this podcast. You'll also find information about our live productions because we will occasionally do live versions of old-time radio scripts. We're going to be returning to the James J. Hill Center pretty soon, so check that out. Yes, and also go to iTunes. Write a review. You know the drill. You write review. We like. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> right. And please write your review without verbs. <laughs> Tarzan gives us five stars. Uh, Coming up next, uh, we have yet another audience pick. And this time, Joshua uh, is going to take care of that pick. Yes, it is from outside the range of the golden age of radio. And we are going to go to Canada for a rather infamous program called Nightfall, made in the early 80s. Until then... It is very strange. You're kind and good, and yet you are a woman.